It's Monday, March 22nd, 2021, and you're listening to episode 565 of Here the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 49 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. My name's Chad. I'm Brodor. And Empty Chair is played by Empty Chair. Empty Chair. In a world where Wayne's <laughs> chair doesn't smell like Wayne's hole, <laughs> but smells like Brodor's nose, because Brodor's nose has been buried in the chair where Wayne's hole normally resides. Okay. Thanks. Great. So there's our one announcement. Check your show notes for that one. <laughs> if you want to, I don't I don't. In a world where Brodor's living in his car because he's been fired from the only <laughs> podcast that will tolerate his bullshit <laughs> and his breath tastes like Wayne's chair. No, they're okay. So that's not true. First of all, there are actually two other podcasts that tolerate you. Mm. One you own. That's fair. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a way around. The same way Fear of the Boot will never kick me out mm-hmm. uh, unless we do a huge stock sell-off. And You're the only one with stock. I, well, no, I don't have stock. There's no <laughs> stock in this company. <laughs> no announcements we're going to hit today, so we can go ahead and roll right into it. Mm-hmm. Today's topic comes from something that Chad wanted to talk mm-hmm. about because it's coming up. In the weekend game that he plays with Wayne, mm-hmm. Lura, Dawn, at <laughs> Alia. So. so so it's Lura and Don. Don, right? What the f*** is up with people right, and not I being know. able to say Dawn? Yep. No, that is a whole big thing, man. It's, what? So people mispronounce Dawn, the sunrise, yeah. Dawn's name as Don. What? D-O-N. Yeah, as no, it Donald. happens all yeah. the time. When I worked for a fantasy mm-hmm. shop, one of my managers was named Dawn. And there was also Don that worked in the office. Dude, it was f-ing brutal. Absolutely brutal. So I've kind of got this right now because Chad and I work for a company where the staff, <laughs> at least in our area, is very, very multicultural, multinational, right. whatever. So we encounter all kinds of different accents and mm-hmm. whatnot, which is fine, whatever. But there's a meeting I have to go to every afternoon where... Now, I have listed my name internally with the company as Dan, though obviously mm-hmm. it's not my legal name. My legal name is Daniel. Sure. There is a woman in the call whose name is Danielle, or Dan, you know, the Dan- feminized version Danielle. of Daniel. Yeah, and everyone keeps pronouncing, or it could be Danielle or Danielle, but there should be kind of a draw at the end. Sure. Danielle! <laughs> but because of some of these certain accents, yeah. they seem to struggle a little bit to draw Maybe they the don't end. have those consonants so or they, something they like. just say daniel and so i keep thinking they're talking to me and, and, I, and i get confused but fortunately like i said our time i've learned mm-hmm. that because i have my name listed in the company stuff as just being dan that when they're addressing me they just say dan, dan. they don't yeah. because like i said the way they pronounce that name mm-hmm. sounds like my name mm-hmm. and anyway mm-hmm. all right but the point that was not the topic at all yeah, yeah so you and and, and don <laughs> are playing a role-playing and, and game Lura, don and i can't think of anything funny for wayne because it's swain waynard 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 yeah, yeah. that's f wayne cole that's that soulless yep. ginger f- that's right <laughs> oh god he's a beautiful man so anyway, we played a game of masks. Masks is a superhero game where you play like the Teen Titans type thing. You what play. is this underlying system? Is it it's, it's powered by the apocalypse? Powered by the apocalypse. That's it's playbooks and yeah. The- For anyone who's never played a powered by the apocalypse game, 
the way it works is that you have these, usually it's like these little half sheets. Now, Mask says, yeah, the playbooks are, think of them as character classes. Yeah. But it's a little bit deeper than that because it kind of like guides your play, not like guides how you punch someone, but kind of like it helps guide how your character is how you develop how you develop your character right. and the personality and stuff but what these books provide these playbooks mm-hmm. which well, they're not books it's just this is what they're called called is they give you the options the buttons you can push right usually during a combat round but oftentimes anytime you're asked it's your turn what do you want to do and your action is not something role play specific well here's what you can do and it's in a relatively yeah. short list and you can play your entire character from nothing but the character sheet and that little Th- think of it book. this way i was playing the protege so this is like robin this is i have a mentor and on the character sheet i have to develop my mentor i have to answer some questions about him and when i do things like specific things that involve my mentor going along with my mentor going against my mentor, maybe not going against him, but finding my own way. You know, there's there's this sort of different paths. My character gets rewarded, you know, like with a version of experience and and that sort of thing. And so it helps me to develop my character. I don't have to do any of it, right? I I don't have to do any of that, and my character can still advance and progress. It's just that it fits more on the track that the character class that you kind of pick this character of the protege to kind of do that and the playbook is kind of helping you do that yeah but it you're not locked to it and there's tons and tons of different plays but anyway so the game itself is about that you play like teenagers and we we kind of played older teens college you're supposed to play, play like high school i think but you're it's like the teen titans in the yeah you're you're getting drunk and playing some on my finger yeah yeah right so the story the game itself is like the arc of adulthood where that is the character progression is that your character kind of grows into their powers and becomes an adult. Instead of unleashing your powers, you eventually become an adult and you can actually wield your powers. That's like a mechanical thing in the game. And that's like the end point, right? You can kind of keep still going with it, but you become an adult. And that's what we did in our mask games. And it was wonderful, right? Wayne's game was amazing. And all of us, and I think he talked about it in a previous episode, all of us went through that arc. We all kind of went through our playbooks. I was actually not even necessarily trying to go through my playbook. It just fit so well. And I made that progression through, and all the, the two other players yes. did as well. So to put this so, in something mm-hmm. like a comic book perspective, with Chad playing a protege, mm-hmm. his character arc was something like Robin eventually becoming Nightwing. It was, absolutely. And I did not know or necessarily want my character to become the Nightwing, the guy who like says, you know, Batman, you are just a little too intense and you're doing it wrong. I'm going to go do my own thing. But that's kind of how the game played out. And it was really neat. So the game ended, right? And Wayne hits us with, he's like, this was a wonderful game. You guys were great. I love the characters. I love the story we made. I, I love the whole thing. He's like, I want to run this again. We're like, hell yeah. And now we have some other games on deck that we're going to do. We're, you know, we're going to do a big Dresden campaign. We're going to do a bunch of other stuff too. There's a Blades in the Dark game on deck. There's some other stuff. So him running these superheroes again is a ways off. We're not even really thinking about it, right? But what he pitches is he's like, 
all of these characters are now adults and we set up an alien invasion arc. So when we come back to this, we're going to come back with necessary evil, which is a totally different game, totally different rule system. And it is about you play mature, regular superheroes. It's not like a teen thing after an alien invasion. Now in necessary evil, it's an alien invasion comes to the solar system. All of the heroes rise up to fight the aliens and they're all killed. And then the aliens land on earth and take over. And now you play the bad guys like the villains and you have to make the decision of, well, uh, yeah, un- <laughs> unlike uh, I wanted to conquer the earth, not these alien. Yeah. Unlike in the comic books where the communists and the capitalists are going to join together to fight the alien invasion, the heroes go, they get their dicks kicked in mm-hmm. and the villains basically either say, well, we have to form a resistance or mm-hmm. we have to be subject to our new alien overlords. Yeah. Right. So we are not going to do what they call it wrestling, a face turn, I think. Yeah. We're, we're not going to do the, oh, now we're playing bad guys sort of okay. thing. That was my first question. Yeah. We are just using the rules and the system and the setting and, and all of that. Or at least that's the vague plan. You're just player. heroes that didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. And which makes sense because we're not. Yeah. We can't fly. They, into they space. had you yeah, chasing yeah. around Captain Motorcycle. Right. And therefore you never were there for yeah. the fights against. We don't have a spaceship. We don't go into space. We are superheroes in Oklahoma City. Yeah. You know, it's uh, so they didn't call and, you up to fight the Borflon overlord yeah. and as many horrors. Right, but but Oklahoma City has to have some innocuous resource that the alien <laughs> overlords right. must have. Right, there has yeah. to be just this vicious, just <laughs> militant, right, monstrous mm-hmm. and insidious occupation. Oh yeah, going on in in, yeah. in Oklahoma City for sure. Well, uh, maybe turquoise is a mm-hmm. really big. Or, or maybe they don't see the Midwest as we did. They see a population center, million plus people. All right. This is getting that many alien overlords. That's the whole thing is that the topic, though, is not how does Wayne do this masks to necessary evil. Right. Because that's, that's not, storytelling. That's and, storytelling. And honestly, that's not even something I want to think about. That is literally likely two to three totally separate campaigns away. That is realistically a couple of years away for us. So wait, what do you mean by that? Why is it a few years away? Because they cycle like every six months or so. Yeah, they're because we're okay, resting. Because yeah. you're not doing this campaign. immediately. I got you. Dawn okay. is talking. Dawn has started to make rumblings, and we're going to do everything we can to encourage it of running a Dragon Age role playing game. Okay, which is going to be amazing. Okay, so the reason yeah. this has not come up immediately is because you have a rotation of games, right. but when it comes back around with it isn't even on the buffet yet okay i got you but it's on developed in the kitchen it's on the six o'clock of the Mm -hmm. lazy susan in the middle of the table yeah all right so the question though this yeah this does raise the topic is how do we do that not masks to necessary evil but but rather how do you go from a game that is the underlying system is the powered by the apocalypse, which has these playbooks, mm-hmm. very minimal character stats, so on and so forth. Right. A lot of things are just sort of templated. I remember now this was not in mass. This was in, mm-hmm. I think a more standard apocalypse world game. And I was playing a medic and like my playbook was, well, I can attack someone. And if I do it, I roll this stat and do mm-hmm. this much damage. 
I can try to heal someone. If so, I need to roll these dice. And based on the result, here's what's happened. And so I just pick and say, okay, I'm going to do number four. Right. And with fries, with fries. Yeah. That's my <laughs> value menu. Uh, number four fries and uh, yeah. supersized Coke or whatever. And that's what I did for that round. Mm-hmm. Necessary evil, however, is a Savage Worlds based right. game. Now, I'm sure there are variants of it, but oh, the, sure. the primary game is a Savage the, Worlds based very, game. They're very different games, which because the topic is not how do we go from D&D 3.5 to fifth edition? Or I'm going to go from D&D to Pathfinder. Yeah, you download a conversion chart and you just keep going. Yeah, well, because, yeah, the question here would be more something like, this is really stupid, but okay, mm-hmm. so our D&D characters got sucked through a wormhole and now they're suddenly mech warriors in battle tech. Oh, God, that sounds awful. It does sound awful. <laughs> just, but... The point being, mm-hmm. though, right? It, right, it's that type yeah. of thing of you are trying to figure out because all rule systems, they model mm-hmm. a variety of things. They're mathematical models that simulate yeah. the characters, the world, and the places in which they interact and how those interactions and disputes are resolved. And Savage Worlds, unlike Powered by the Apocalypse, now it's not obviously super heavy crunch, but it, there is a lot more detail on the character. You don't have mm-hmm. the playbooks you rely on. Right. If you want to have number four from the value menu, <laughs> well, you better actually have those abilities. Yeah, you you got to make that. And you don't have that little numerical list. You have to pick your well, the, perks or feats I like what or you're saying whatever about the they mod- call them. Yeah, I like what you're saying about the modeling, too. I, again, not to focus on that game, which is years out, but Mask's model, the system, is about teenagers growing up. Right. It's not about punching the Hulk or the Hulk bad guy abomination, I guess. What you know, it's it's not about punching things or blasting things. You have all that. You can do all that, but that's not where the focus of the game model is. It is about developing an arc where you grow and then you become better than what you were in the past as a person. Savage Worlds is about you can have that, sure. But that's on you. The model for Savage Worlds is, am I strong enough to punch the Hulk? Yeah. I think I am. And there's <laughs> roles for that. Yes. And there's you have skills and you have all this stuff that mathematically does not necessarily line up. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. Not even in the ballpark. The roles are done differently. Yeah. The feats or whatever they what do they call them in savage worlds i'm blanking out all edges and hindrances edges and hindrances yeah. thank you so here's those the- are uh, something that you've got to start working on and so how do you make a character apples to apples or as close as you can get apple to a strangely apple tasting <laughs> orange between these two systems well you you don't right right so i look at the masks game and this is just mm-hmm. me if i was challenged with pitching it I'm going to look at the mask game as a CW telenovela mm-hmm. right. sort of thing that is going to inform the background and relationships of these characters leading up to the alien invasion, right? Mm-hmm. So everything, who they are, their relationships relative to one another, their loved ones, friends, families, villains, etc., All of that is one page, boil it down to one page background fluff on each character, but it's going to help me inform mechanically what I want to do. So if I have a 
uh, what do you call a protege character yeah. that's Batman-esque. There's got to be some mechanic and necessary evil mm-hmm. for utility belt, right? Yeah, so yeah. is that no, some... My character's no powers, okay. all training. Is so, that yeah. something that I do? Okay, so then we have, so then we have super skilled, and so mm-hmm. I have all these skills and all this cool stuff that I can do that we can translate mechanically, but I agree, you're going to have the nature of the game sessions are going to be a yeah. lot more pulpy and punchy and whatever. But I also think that's fun because mm-hmm. now that you're adult and you have yeah. your adults, excuse me, and that you have matured into that facet of your lives, we can take on an entirely different mechanic because fighting is really, really important mm-hmm. or getting the MacGuffin or bypassing the whatever. Yeah far more than it was perhaps when we were younger and we were coming of age. Mm-hmm. Bernard, I'm so proud of you. Do you know how much good content you just said and you never used one profanity? Here. Oh, wow. You I get the hold- Allen wrench. <laughs> you can hold the wrench. I don't know what this possibly means or how I benefit from it, but I'm on board. It's I like a sticker wrench. on your star chart. Oh, wow. Or Isn't like- that f***ing great? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I, well, uh, now he's going to the corner. <laughs> right, but I, I agree with him. I think that's that's a really good point. To roll back to what you first said, try not caring as much. It doesn't matter because it's a new game. Think of the first game as development for this game. Right. But it's going to be different. Well, and I, I think I would take a slightly different approach to this, though it is very similar to what Broto was talking about and what you were talking about, mm-hmm. which is this is not exactly the same story right what i mean is if we were to tell well i I don't want to tell the growing up story again i already told that well precisely and in the process of growing up what you're capable of who you are what you've experienced has changed Mm -hmm. all right one of the pseudo controversial opinions i have (laughs) that i still stand by is the theatrical release of batman versus superman is as awful as everyone thinks but the ultimate edition which adds, it's a really, right. really long Re-edit, movie. adds a whole bunch yeah, of stuff. Add, yeah, and it, tons of great content. I think it is an awesome movie. Not perfect, but it is really good. Sure. And one of the things that they show in that is because Batman is older. He's not a geezer, but he's older. One of the things he says to Alfred is he said, Alfred, why are you a bitch? He did. That's exactly what he said. And then he slapped him. <laughs> but no, he said to him as elderly abuse. It was hilarious. But... <laughs> He said to him, he said, oh, how many good people are left in Gotham? How many of them stayed that way? Or something to that Mm -hmm. effect. He's in a place that clearly he wasn't all those years ago because now he knows or at least thinks he shouldn't trust anyone else. Whereas in the past he did. All right. There's this jump in his character and you guys are going to have the same thing. Dick Grayson went through transformation going from Robin to Mm -hmm. Nightwing. He's not exactly the same person anymore. And so I think one of the advantages you have is that there is a narrative and chronological jump Mm -hmm. that could explain things not being exactly like they were before. That as I matured, I know this isn't your character, but I'm just making something up. My psychic abilities became less flexible, and now I can only do pyrokinetics or I, yeah. I write, but I don't know what it Whereas is. Whereas masks was so open and loose because it's not about how you punch something. It, it's more touchy feel that they don't really do a deep dive into the powers. 
you could kind of do anything you wanted. Right. Whereas Savage Worlds, it's, well, you, you kind of got a menu to choose from. There's there's more balance. So, yeah, that makes sense in saying, yeah, sure, I was doing all this, 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 that, and the other, but what is the reason that I can only do four things right. now? And so my suggestion is in this case... Or any case, really. Well, I think in a lot of cases, yeah. maybe not every case, but in many cases, I would say, is don't attempt to translate the character. Yeah. Rebuild it as if this was your first time making the character. So what is your character concept? Mm -hmm. Well, my character concept, instead of, well, I want to play Green Arrow as depicted in the CW, my character concept is right along that same formula. I am a grown-up version of the guy that so happened to appear in the mask campaign. How do we make that character in this system not I'm trying to figure out one for one. It's a how do I it's a different TV show or it's a different comic book line or if it's it's a different novel. It's the same characters, right? But you now have a different artist or right. different producers, maybe even different actors. Yeah, I mean imagine a fire thing. Imagine if Firefly actually does come back. Oh yeah. Right? It it's, will not be the same. It, yeah, it's it's one wicked of them dead. It's wicked different. Well, a couple of the characters are killed and yeah. Well, a couple of the actors aren't alive. Oh, I don't know about any of that. But anyway, yeah. There's an idea that I'm going to pull from a completely different field of study, which is translation of text. So let's say we're trying to translate where I'm most familiar with this is biblical translation, but you could talk about the same mm-hmm. thing. All right. So you're trying to write something in one language and you're trying to move it to another. And there are two approaches to doing this, depending on what you want out of it. And each of them have different strengths and weaknesses. The first is what they call transliteration, which is a word-for-word translation from one thing to another, all right? So I want you to think for a moment. Let's use some English aphorisms. I'm going to give them the whole nine yards, all right? Now, that means something very specific, and we understand what that phrase means. In fact, more people understand what the phrase means than where it's from. We don't exactly know. I mean, we do. There is information on what Bruce this Willis means. did a whole movie on it yeah it's about it, it's most likely from the supermarine spitfire so ammunition load but the point is that if you'll say you're trying to translate this over into not just chinese but chinese a thousand years in the future do you actually write i am going to give this person the whole nine links of measurement right what does that mean all right but that is what was said So the second idea in translation is to paraphrase. And paraphrase Mm -hmm. means you translate idea for idea. So you don't translate word for word. So instead of saying, I gave them the whole nine yards, you use something like you find a similar saying, or you just reduce it to its base meaning or what you think its base meaning is. And you just say something like, I gave him all of my effort. I put all of myself into this. You know, I gave him everything, holding back nothing. And so you translate the idea into one that makes more sense, but you drop what was actually said in the process. Both are good and both are bad. I'm reading a book right now from China from the 17th century. Obviously, I don't speak Chinese or read it. So it's translated 16th, 17th century China, right? Right in the middle of this book, this guy says, blah, 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 and presto. And I just stop and I'm like, that mother. Did in 16th century i did not say presto yeah you f- <laughs> thank you for ripping me out yeah of this book oh uh, yeah and 
if you read through, for example, portions of the Bible, they tra- no one said presto in the Bible. No one said presto in the Bible. No one spoke English in the Bible either. And in several places, they note that, like particularly, I once heard a rabbi say that reading the Old Testament in any language but Hebrew is like kissing a bride through the veil. Now, I'm not trying to get into a religious topic here, but my point is that, for example, if you read through the Old Testament, treating it purely as an ancient document and nothing else— there are puns in there that right. don't exist in the English because words sound like each other in the Hebrew or in the Aramaic or whatever, and it doesn't happen in the English. And my point, right, yeah, taking this hey. back to role playing, is I think this is how you need to look at yeah. carrying a character over that you can use the transliteration approach and say, I need to know number for number, how do I translate? Savage Worlds into D20 or D20 into Savage Worlds. Yes, I know it's powered by the apocalypse, but this is one that I probably see most frequently Mm -hmm. is the translations between D20 and Savage Worlds. That's problem. And people have all kinds of guides and recommendations for how to do this. In in fact, you know, Savage Worlds or Pinnacle is just they're doing a big Kickstarter with with Pathfinder Pathfinder, to do exactly this. And instead... I would suggest what is best in your case, and I think probably best in most cases, because you can really get lost in the weeds doing that, is instead take this by paraphrase. Mm -hmm. My character has these concepts. Take out a piece of paper and write down five, ten items and say, this is the essence of my character in terms of how they interact with the world. You know, so this is not the essence of my character in terms of personality, whatever. So we don't need to represent that in the character. Yeah. But in terms of how not I interact world. in the world, yeah, he's highly skilled. He has a utility belt, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now this is the concept. How do I do this in Savage World? Yeah. Forget that other character sheet. Forget the playbook. Yeah. Ditch it. Don't mm-hmm. get out conversion charts and spreadsheets and do all that yeah. stuff. You're see, I, I th- go to the essence of what that yeah. character meant. And go through paraphrasing and bring it up in the essence of what this new rule system can say. I don't want to sound, you know, I don't know what, what, like, like there's nothing else to discuss, but I don't think there's any other way to do it, right? Other than the what, whatever he called paraphrase translation. Yeah. I don't think there's any other way than to have the previous game influence but not dictate what the character is in the new system and i completely agree with you but there are a lot of people out there who when they switch a system they get online converters and it's all about you know running the numbers okay so i have this stat and it doesn't exist in the new system i gotta get on online forum what does this stat mean how do i and it's like you're too deep in the weeds it does not matter what your dexterity is versus what their agility is. But, in but this if, game. I, have, if so, I have a 20 dexterity, then I have to have a D12 plus two agility. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. And the amount of skill points that you gave well, me to create. But that's not that's not who you are as a gamer. Well, and I th- and that's not the game Wayne's running. Right. And I think I don't know that I would say. It's a bad idea or a useless idea because for some people, this really is where their heart beats. Well, I, th- I think that's it cool. is a bad idea. Well, I, I, I think it's even a bad idea for the people who are into numbers and crunch and oh all that God, sort of thing. Oh, my God, we getting so heated and right. interrupting each other. Well, it's exciting. Well, but I, well, to go, well, look, I'll let you finish your point. And then I'll, oh, thank you. You're welcome. And then I'll throw my bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you'll just like smash <laughs> it. Then I'll smack it down. Right. So. <laughs> well, so 
for the people who like all the crunch and they, they want the tactile thing and they, they feel they need that one for one conversion and it has to be like mathematically the same. I think they're doing themselves a disservice here because the idea is you had a character that you really liked that was in a certain way and that was effective. You have a solid, effective, well-made character. Maybe there's some advantages, maybe there's some disadvantages and you are going to try and translate that over number for number, concept for concept. And it's like what you will get more times than not is not that same character mathematically in the new system. You are going to have to make compromises. You're going to have to cut corners. Translations are not going to fully make it over. And the numbers aren't going to quite work out. And the game master isn't going to yeah. give you quite as much as you think you should get or they're going to get too much. And instead, you're going to have this sort of not quite thing that was the same. It is better, even if you're going for tactical and crunch and all that sort of stuff, to make an effective character using the original character as inspiration. Yeah. Is my dexterity, how does that translate to agility? The numbers don't quite work out. No. My character over here was a spry guy. So I'm going to make a spry character, but I'm going to make a good spry I, character. I agree with you. And I think the only way in which I would context it differently is to say that I get that there are people where this really matters to them, or yeah. maybe they enjoy the mathematical modeling well, the of the game. Of, of doing it. Or they're just sure. someone who wants their character the way that character was and wants to see mm -hmm. as little change as possible. I think my thought would be not it can't be done or shouldn't be done, but if you really come into it profoundly inflexible, profoundly mm -hmm. anal, right? You, that way lies hard, madness. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time of it. Because if you're really, uh, let's take something that's on the far opposite edge here. You're trying to take a Pathfinder character with all the stacking numbers and all the feats and all the interplay between how mm -hmm. this feat affects this stat bonus, which affects that feat, which allows you to do chain this and mega overpowered that. And Savage Worlds just doesn't have anything like that. Right. And you're trying to figure out how to twist it or invent new feats or new powers to make that work. It, like I said, it's down that path lies madness. Or like Brodor said, Savage Worlds being a point by system. Yeah. I just didn't have enough points to reflect what my character would do. But somebody else's character, just by coincidence of how that game is modeled, they do. Yeah. So what do we do now? Do I get more character creation points to make my character what I want him or her to be? And then yeah. what has happened to everybody else's character in the process? And you will drive yourself nuts. Yeah. You get nothing. You get the same thing as everybody else. And you Tim gun that. <laughs> you just make it work. Or you go play at somebody else's table. Because eventually, I'm going to be like, dude, f*** off. Just f*** off. Just, do you want to play this goddamn game or not? You and know? if you just can't wrap your head around that, if you're just like, look, I can't play my character modeled under this mathematical system, great. Ice the character, make a new one. Yeah. Because that's in a way kind of what I'm suggesting anyway, except ice the character and recreate them as if they were a new character. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you can't, really do this for some reason then yeah. maybe you are you'd be happier just saying instead of trying to recreate it as if it was a new character i actually will make a new character and is your fun 
in the old system, you shot lightning out of your ass three times around. In this new system, they don't have lightning, but we have another power and we can just call it lightning. And it's really just one time around and it's not as powerful as it was in the other game. Are you the type of person who's going to sit there and go, unplayable? And by the way, note to you guys, even holds accountable to this, which is when we do get closer and or we get Wayne on the mics, this is not like next episode, but I would like to revisit this. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode. Especially talk about, well, here's what worked and here's what didn't work and here's how we actually pulled it off Mm -hmm. and this is where we're happy, this is where we're unhappy and, and see how this goes. And I also do want to stress that I certainly recognize that a lot of this is really going to depend on what game to what game. Sure. Because, for example, we're talking here about Apocalypse to Savage Worlds. Yeah. And I recognize even just flipping that map, a Savage Worlds to Apocalypse, would be a different animal. I I think it would be much more challenging. I mean, I don't want to get into that wank, but I think it would be much more challenging to convert from the mechanic-heavy game to the less, to the mechanic-loose game. Really? Because I would estimate the opposite. No, I I picture this being easy because mass is so loosey-goosey. I mean, what am I converting? I have no numbers. None. I have a van. I have a bunch of surveillance gear. There's some cool stuff that I did. I'm all super training. And I have a lot of knowledge and sort of leadership type abilities. But I played it out to where I... See, I was going to say, coming from Savage Worlds, I have to find a playbook that fits right Right, so i feel like i'm taking these mechanics and trying to shoehorn them in savage worlds or necessarily hippy dippy stuff that isn't clearly defined yeah in savage world we played necessary evil before i played a mad scientist who made a bargain with the devil for genius level intellect except he didn't believe in the devil didn't think it was real and there's all this whole stuff right but he's like an inventor type genius guy that is not in masks at all right like i would have to make my own playbook there aren't exactly rules on it you just kind of do it until you run out of space on the piece of paper yeah so but yeah going into this it's like can i make a guy who's a martial artist can i make a guy who can use any weapon you know, like he can pick up a pin and use it as a throwing knife sort of thing. Okay. Savage World. Does he... So a bullseye type character. Right. So can I make a character who it ha- comes from a wealthy background? Can I make a character who has like sort of sur- high-tech surveillance equipment and a van? Okay, so we're going from bullseye to dead shot, but... Well, I mean, it's all yeah, like, but, but Nightwing sort of stuff. Sure, right. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think most games, if they could handle this at all... Just Savage Worlds can handle it easily. Right, right. Because I'll say, okay. It's like I take this ability, I take that ability, and I take this perk, and my guy is, like, really skinny. Yeah, I mean, and so I take this because you've, you've reduced the character to concepts. Yeah. It'd be the same if I was going from D&D to Savage Worlds. It would not be, can I replicate every spell exactly and every feat mm-hmm. exactly and whatever. It would be more, can I get in the ballpark of I'm playing a wizard who has a high knowledge of history and ma- yeah. how magic operates and has a damage spell and utility spell and whatever, mm-hmm. an AOE spell, a direct attack spell, a AOE being area of effects like fireball and all these basic concepts. You know, even if I don't have the exact spells, can I at least conceptually carry this character forward? 
And I think the answer in 90 some odd percent of cases is going to be if there's not a pull up your butt. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, and I know this is tangential, but that's the only reason I'm even interested in backing the uh, Pathfinder Savage Worlds Kickstarter is I've always felt that there is one thing Savage Worlds does not do well, and that is big magic high fantasy. And all 3.5 Pathfinder is, or Pathfinder, is just, it's a math wank. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a reason people call it Mathfinder. Now, I adore it. Sure. And I want to play it, but I love, and I adore and love Savage Worlds. But people smarter than me who are actual professional game designers are going to tackle this. I find it intriguing. I'm really interested to see how they're going to make it work. Because I just don't see how it translates. Hmm. I think it is going to be difficult, especially given the crunch and Savage Worlds being a much smoother game. I think what they're going to have to do, to be honest, and this is speculation, pure speculation. I have seen none of the early stuff on this is I really do wonder if what they're going to do is very similar to the transition between, say, D&D 3.5 versus D&D 5. Right. that they're going to have to mm-hmm. simplify For sure. and condense things down because... So is it Pathfinder to Savage Worlds or Savage Worlds to Pathfinder? So they're taking the Pathfinder world and they're putting Savage Worlds mechanic on the 3.5 Pathfindery world, which is going to be challenging. Gotcha. Yeah, because of Savage Worlds map. Savage Worlds models pulp. Pathfinder yeah, model, exactly. It's meant to be Pathfinder. It's yeah, meant Pathfinder. to be a Comic. much quicker system, yeah. and a much simpler system. And I'm not saying it's as utterly rules light as some complete story stick game, but it is noticeably more rules light than Mathfinder. And I don't know how much of that minutia you can even stuff into Savage Worlds before the fundamental underpinnings of Savage Worlds math doesn't work anymore. It it is no longer fast, nor furious, Hmm. nor fun. But the thing that also surprises me too, is that if I'm Shane Hensley, right? If I'm, I'm pinnacle, I'm Savage Worlds. I want to hitch my star to Pathfinder seven, eight years ago, right? If I'm Pathfinder, I look at Savage Worlds and think I need to attach my, huge success first thing to eclipse D&D in actual market share now I'm going to Savage Worlds to hitch my game onto Savage Worlds mm-hmm. that to me sound it feels like that dancing with the stars is getting an A-list celebrity <laughs> and that A- A-list celebrity well, they're actually a B-list celebrity, and nobody recognizes it yet. And in this analogy, obviously, Savage Worlds is Dancing with Stars, and Pathfinder is the A-list celebrity that is now sort of falling into B-list territory. I don't think they need Savage Worlds. Really random. I mean, I think Savage Worlds needs them. I think they need Savage Worlds. Really random question that's probably going to be the crux of discussion about the show. <laughs> but for you, Broder, it's just kind of a throwaway question. Do you think, though, because Pathfinder's already getting some flack for going to a second edition. Well, and, Do and, you think them, because, I mean, the point of Pathfinder originally was to keep everything that had been done under the OGL, and I realize not technically, but effectively the D20 stuff all together and not fragmented and still supported, 
And then they flipped over to a second edition, which now fragments it and changes what's supported. And if they switch over to also supporting a Savage Worlds version, do you think this is kind of a further fragmentation, which sort of kind of punches in the nuts the original value proposition I, of pathfinder i so i don't know if i have the intellect to unpack all that but i will say this i don't think it's going to further divide pathfinder fans what i think it's going to do is give savage worlds fans an inclination to try fantasy in the savage world setting when normally they would just go to a a D and D pathfinder style setting. I also think that because commercially and with the fan base, second edition pathfinder was not as well received as they would have liked. I'm sure this gives another opportunity to put the pathfinder license in front of other audiences that may find second edition because if they look for first edition stuff, it's going to be significantly more challenging. So they might garner new Pathfinder fans out of a market of people who played Savage Worlds that never got into Pathfinder. You know, and I guess it is also true that this gives them, if they split the rules and continue to support both Pathfinder right. second edition, which is a more or less D20 right. derivative, and then also a Savage Worlds version that... It kind of allows them to fragment the rules into different play styles. And I'm just curious, like, so do they release a setting book and where their stats? Here's the Savage Worlds block and then here's the Pathfinder. But either way, it does allow them. I would be. And I don't think if they had done Pathfinder and then Pathfinder Savage Worlds, I don't think it would have given them the same amount of grief that going from Pathfinder to Pathfinder Second Edition did. Well, though it's effectively a second edition. So if if I'm Paizo, right? Looking at Savage Worlds, with the exception of their very, very successful Kickstarter that they did for Deadlands, what was the other successful campaign system or campaign setting, excuse me, that they were successful with? F***ing riffs, right? (laughs) So now (laughs) my my game is so that I need to go where riffs went (laughs) to publish new material. does that say about your game yeah (laughs) wow you know that's cold but you're not wrong because what does everyone hate about riffs if assuming you hate riffs which is the rule system yeah it's a rule system kevin symbietta i mean yeah yeah, so what do you hate about i mean the setting is what do you hate about pathfinder second edition we need to replace it with savage worlds you done shit the bed (laughs) i mean you done (laughs) up so when I think that's, of D- that's harsh and I like it. <laughs> when I think of D and D, like the setting of D and D, I think it's generic. You can do whatever you want, fantasy, or it's Dragonlance, or it's Forgotten Realms, or it's Castlevania, whatever the Ravenloft. Ravenloft Mid- yeah. Midnight is the one true yeah. way. Blah 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 blah. It's all these different settings, right? That I can identify with in some way, and I can even see it within their their thing. Yeah, I have no idea what the generic setting is for. Pathfinder, I am actually kind of surprised it had one. I yeah. Oh my god, they had and, Absalon, the city by the sea. I mean, they had some really I mean, interesting. Was it, was it a high fantasy? I thought, it was, I thought Galarian was their is the world. That, that was their yeah. generic. Let me ask setting, you this yeah. way: Are there a marketable amount of people who really just solidly love the Pathfinder setting? 
but are looking for a new rule system? Nah, to my knowledge. <laughs> no, and, and again, but are I was, these your, what we were talking about off yeah, mic, are these your version gamers? Are these, yeah. are you just trying to reach a new market, not of people well, that want so, it, but of people that didn't know they want well, it? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a no-brainer for both parties in that it provides an opportunity mm-hmm. for new market for Paizo. But it also provides a new market for people who would normally consider Savage Worlds when they see all that kick-ass Wayne Allen Reynolds art (laughs) that they recognize from editions of Pathfinders and books that they did like. And now it's on Savage Worlds and it's a Kickstarter and I get all these cool accoutrement and things. I might give that a try. Right. Hmm. So the Savage Worlds guys, that's interesting. But the Pathfinder guys, they might they might feel a little nostalgia or, you know, this you did actually just dry rail me in the shitter with the second edition. <laughs> so maybe I will try this Pathfinder garbage or oh. the Savage Worlds garbage. You know, I mean, I just <laughs> Whatever, it's garbage. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I, they took on I, riffs. So. I love Pathfinder First Edition. I love all things Savage World. I've played every edition of Savage Worlds. I think this is the best edition so far. I fucking adore it. And I want hints and tricks and tips and writing from professionals to make high fantasy Savage Worlds because I'm not smart enough to do it. I totally want that, right? Before Broder gets us in more trouble, I think we're going to go ahead and end this one here. I don't think there's anything interesting in the show notes. I don't think we mentioned anything that needs linking. So just timestamps if you're looking for a particular. I I will ask two things. One, I would love for you to go check out why we game at goinfo.org. We actually plugged that last episode. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I haven't listened to it yet. I actually, I had Chad and it, it probably was the best episode that I have done because I am getting progressively more comfortable so much so that I want to have you come over to my house so I can have you in my layer and we can drill down more into sort of your gaming process and your design process. Oh yeah. Cause that's something I really didn't talk we, about. No, when I, didn't, because, I didn't get well, too much into my own opinion. Yeah, and that's the other thing too, it's because the format of my show is only an hour. I feel like it's, it's too short. So when I have, I don't know, I've been doing a lot of study for interviewing and stuff, and I, I want to. Yeah. I want to have you back on. No, the show. It, it, I appreciate that because there was something interesting in one of the game notes episodes, which is Chad sort of interviewed me, and usually I sit in. I, I you know I have my opinions, but I try to sit sort of in this neutral, moderating position, and I take, wouldn't let you do it. Yeah, and Chad, I just straight up. How do you do it? Not how do you recommend yeah. it? Not what's the safe answer? How do you actually and, do and it? And every time you drifted, yeah, I stopped yeah. you. Because I, I want to talk about so your process. That is yeah. a very yeah. different show that mm-hmm. I don't tend to do. Yeah. So, all right. I comfortable. And I do have to say, though, not just because I was on the show. I thought you were an excellent interviewer. Thank you. Thank I, you. I really did enjoy being on the show. When I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of late night shows, you know, like Letterman and all that. And, and I, uh, Conan, Arsenio Hall, all those through the 90s. Loved them because I loved the interviews, right? Yeah. And there were good interviews and there were bad interviews. So Johnny Carson was phenomenal. He was a phenomenal interviewer. David Letterman was the worst interviewer because he wouldn't shut the f- up he just kept interrupting people and then every question was about him and not about what they were doing so i have to say i watch a lot of npr too so i think terry gross is an amazing interview oh my god she yeah, yeah. she's fantastic you were excellent thank you you, you were excellent because bushy. i don't want to say you didn't interrupt you didn't make it about you but you made it about things that you were interested in about me about the interviewer yeah 
and you asked interesting questions and you kept it going. And then when a topic got to tread, you were able to just guide the topic along. I think you were great. Well, well then no, this thanks. Well, I will say that is a skill difference between Brodor mm-hmm. and I. Brodor's an interviewer. I'm a moderator. Right. And there's yep. a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll go ahead and kill this one here. We will go ahead and put a link to that episode. Well, so that Brodor's whole feed. So if you missed it in the last episode or two episodes back, whenever we talked about it, check the show notes for a link to Brodor's Why We Game podcast, which is part of GoInfo.org. If you want to hear more of, well, and Broder talks to lots of people from many different backgrounds. And I have a question for Broder Matsoff Mike, so I think he may have said something he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week of great games, and we will catch you next time. Say see ya. Say see ya. This has been a production of Fear the Booth, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.